Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. When you decide you're ready to start a family, there are many things to consider. The best times for conception, the kind of birth you'd like, where you'd like to give birth, where the baby will sleep, the list goes on. But my next guest wants you to think about your baby's brain, even before they're growing in your womb. Professor Karen Phelps is a GP, former AMA president, and the author of How to Keep Your Brain Young. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hello, Siobhan. Why do we need to think about the brain development of our babies even before we're pregnant? One of the most important things you can do for your child not only for their childhood, but for their whole life, is to optimise their brain development from the very earliest moment. And if you want to understand child development, you have to start even before conception. So we encourage women to start planning for the development of their baby's brain even before she comes pregnant. And that's where brain health starts. And what you do before and during pregnancy has an impact for the rest of that baby's life because the fetus is entirely dependent on the mother to create that ideal environment for a baby to to be conceived, to grow and to develop. And that developing fetal brain has lots of different types of cells and connections between those cells that have to grow and differentiate and develop into what eventually becomes the form and function of the brain. And so the decisions that a mother makes about her own health, and that includes things like nutrition for the fuel, exercise, her mental state, exposure to toxins, and making sure she's covered for immunizations against potentially dangerous infections that could affect the baby's growth and development, all need to be considered because all of these things have a potential effect on the growth and development of a baby. Importantly, growth and development of their brain. So I I do understand once you're actually pregnant, being careful what you eat and and the things that you're putting in your body. Um, Just to put it crudely, because I have no medical background at all, if we're thinking about it while we're trying to conceive, is it about um, laying a fertile ground, so to speak, so that your body already has the setup it needs to grow a fetus? and to grow a healthy brain. Is that why we're thinking about it before we've even conceived? Yes, absolutely, because what you need to do is to create that ideal environment. And that doesn't just happen overnight because you become pregnant and decide that you're going to now be healthy. What we need to do is to have the mother's health as optimal as possible. So part of that planning is about uh, checking things like iron and thyroid status and, you know, blood sugar levels and blood pressure and uh, making sure that you're a healthy weight, uh, that your nutrition is this optimal, that you uh, have stopped drinking alcohol and uh, and that you're not smoking, that you're not using any illicit substances because you don't just sort of overnight become healthy because you change all of those habits when you become pregnant. I think the idea is that you create that environment so that as, when conception happens, you have as healthy an environment as possible and that the baby's uh, nervous system as well as all of their other body systems are able to develop in that optimal environment. And one great example of this, of course, is, is folate where we encourage women to be supplementing with folate when they're planning a pregnancy so that that adequate folate is on board by the time she conceives. 
And it's not just the mother or the woman who's carrying the baby. It's also, um, there's also a paternal role, isn't there, in conception. Can you talk to me about the potential of paternal alcohol intake and its impact on a baby? This is really interesting because it's quite recent research. It, at this stage, it's animal research. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they, they looked at was the uh, role that paternal alcohol intake played uh, on post-conception. So if the, 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 the father was drinking at moderate to heavy levels before become, the woman became pregnant, that that had an impact on the brain development of the resulting offspring. So uh, they found uh, things like increased hyperactivity, impaired co- coordination, impaired short-term motor learning ability, and that was thought to be because of the effect of high doses of alcohol on sperm. So it certainly does raise questions about the safety of paternal drinking when a couple is trying to conceive. And uh, and there was another study that uh, was another animal study at Duke University, and it showed that if a male's marijuana use uh, was, uh, w- a male was using marijuana, specifically THC component before conception, that that appeared to alter sperm and caused offspring to develop quite distinct abnormalities in areas of the brain that govern learning and memory and mood. So this is quite early research, but I think what it does is it raises uh, a flag to potential parents to be thinking not only about the mother creating that optimal environment, but for the father to be thinking about the quality of his sperm. Moving on to pregnancy, but staying with um, alcohol and drugs, we no, we have known for a long time that alcohol and smoking is not a good thing to do during pregnancy. But could you just talk me through the specific impact each has? So if we could start with alcohol, um, what can alcohol during pregnancy, what kind of impact can that have on a baby's developing brain? Well, in my book, Keeping Your Brain Young, uh, as, as we've discussed, I started at preconception and looked at all of the impacts uh, of pretty much wherever there was research that that showed an impact of an activity uh, or a lack of action on the brain uh, on the brain uh, that 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 was able to provide some advice on how you can prevent damage to the brain and so one of the responsibilities of proposed parents is to make sure that they're not drinking alcohol at the time of conception and throughout the pregnancy. So uh, for the woman in particular, drinking alcohol during pregnancy can affect the way the brain develops. And we haven't established yet if there is any safe level of alcohol consumption during any stage of pregnancy. And so the advice is clearly, uh, if you're planning to get pregnant, don't drink. If you become pregnant, stop drinking. Um, The main concern is about development of the baby's central nervous system. So uh, for a woman who drinks uh, large amounts of alcohol, this can affect the brain weight and size of the baby. And some parts of the brain are particularly susceptible to the effects of alcohol. And in particular, there's a part of the brain called the corpus callosum, which uh, connects the left and the right side of the brain, and the hippocampus, which is responsible for memory and learning, and the cerebellum, which is at the back of the brain, which is responsible for balance and coordination. And so this obviously has far-reaching implications for optimising the child's ability to learn, 
to develop physically, uh, to develop their, their uh, motor skills, behaviour, and obviously their general future potential. So it's just really important to be thinking about all of these issues when you're planning a pregnancy or if you uh, have an unplanned pregnancy and obviously take action as, as soon as you know that you're pregnant. And what impact does smoking have? Well, it, it's interesting because um, uh, we... I've always said don't don't smoke if you, if you're pregnant uh, or don't smoke full stop. There is there's really nothing positive to say about smoking, but um, tobacco smoke contains thousands of different chemicals, and some of them have the potential to interrupt the normal development of the brain. And nicotine itself can have some adverse consequences on the fetus. So it's really important to quit smoking, preferably without the need for nicotine replacement. And, and that's essential to the health of the unborn baby. And we, we need to do this ideally using a combination of counselling and behavioural techniques rather than nicotine replacement. So um, if you're planning a pregnancy uh, or you are pregnant, obviously avoid any exposure to, back, to tobacco smoke, either your own or somebody else's in terms of passive smoking or being in the presence of smokers. And if you have problems quitting, uh, just ask your doctor for help because we have lots of different techniques that we can recommend to help people to stop smoking. But in my experience, women are very highly motivated to stop smoking if they find out that they're pregnant or if they're planning a pregnancy. I imagine that there must be a percentage of women, um, whether it's alcohol or smoking, they possibly feel some shame around the fact that that is hard for them to quit because there is such a such an understanding of how bad it is for the unborn child. Have you ever found that stigma has prevented someone from getting help or do you think that that or do you think that that stigma might exist for some women in getting help to quit whilst pregnant? Generally speaking in my experience, women are very highly motivated to protect their unborn baby and to do the best that they possibly can to protect that baby and, and make sure that it develops as well as possible. Now, it's acknowledging that, that uh, nicotine is an addictive substance. There are some people who have more trouble quitting than others, and that's when it's really important to have a talk to your GP who will manage the situation for you with, without judgment to explore some ways to help you to quit. Uh, obviously, there's a great motivation uh, in that protective instinct that, that a woman has for her unborn baby, but it's really important to, you know, to ask for help, to reach out, uh, and, and it might mean, for example, a referral to a psychologist to help you with cognitive behaviour therapy or other kinds of um, psychological techniques to help you to uh, withdraw and to manage by manage not to smoke and to manage the the, the addiction. So uh, it's it's something to be it's really important that your doctor's main focus will be on helping you to achieve quitting. And there won't be uh, there won't be any element of judgment because if you ask for help, the help will be there. Smoking and alcohol consumption, even though addiction is involved, um, can involve some choice, our own personal choice. Something that can impact someone who's pregnant is stress, which you often don't have a choice over. Life happens, and sometimes it's very, it can be very challenging. How can stress impact a developing fetus? 
Well, Siobhan, as you've rightly pointed out, a pregnancy is not always an easy time. No matter how much you want to have a baby, it can bring about a lot of incredible change and that change can be stressful to work through. There's a lot of life events that can come about during that time. People might find they have financial pressure. There's, you know, the upheaval to their career, uh, might have to move house to accommodate the growing family. Uh, there, there are all sorts of different types of stresses, uh, you know, general life stress as well, but also those added stresses of, of bringing in a new person into your life. And uh, so it's important to make a plan to adapt to those challenges, physical and emotional, that pregnancy and impending parenthood can bring. So you can start by, for example, looking at your workload, the responsibilities that you have on yourself and plan modifications to the way that you're working. Uh, Some people will transition some work uh, that that can be home-based. And and one of the things that the COVID lockdowns have taught many of us is that we can be a lot more flexible with our work arrangements than we ever thought we could. And uh, and it may well be that you can spend some time at home so it reduces that uh, stress of commuting. I think it's also important, I certainly found it very important when I was a young mum to develop a support group of other women in the similar situation, um, friends with young children. If you don't have friends in your group with little kids, it can be a very isolating experience. And so sort of reaching out to social groups and and finding people around you in your community and there there are play groups and things like that that you can reach out to people reaching out to family members particularly if you're finding it difficult to cope and i love that you've given us all the different ways to handle stress first um but could you also tell me why pregnant women should be motivated to manage that stress like what what how can it actually impact the baby well, I think it's really important that you figure out right at the, the very outset that it, it is likely to be stressful at times because change is, is always stressful and not always a positive thing. But, you know, there's there's a number of consequences of the mother being stressed that can impact on the baby. And that depends on uh, the cause of the stress, the timing of it, how long it lasts, how intense it is, and uh, the mother's ability to respond and react to the stress and also there are elements of course of the genetic susceptibility of the fetus but um, when you're pregnant stress hormones in your body are shared with the baby and they cross the placenta and they can affect the baby's neurological development and uh, you know one example is that a maternal stress in the early stages of pregnancy has been associated with reduced fetal growth and some developmental problems and an increased risk of some emotional problems in a child and uh, difficult temperament, some impaired cognitive performance. So some stress is is unavoidable, but it's the way you manage it and and reaching out for help, uh, taking on activities like yoga and tai chi and meditation are really helpful in reducing those stress hormones and avoiding uh, substances like unnecessary medications. We talked about alcohol and nicotine, best to avoid it, in particular in in stress situations. Getting plenty of sleep when you can, that's really important. And if you're having trouble coping, to just reach out to your support system, talk to your doctor, talk to a counsellor or a psychologist, talk to friends. And, uh, and, you know, women by and large are, are good at getting that help 
asking for that help when they need it. And it's just really important that you recognise it or if somebody else says to you, hey, look, you know, you seem really stressed or it must be very difficult for you at the moment, that you listen to that, listen to your own instincts, listen to your friends who are concerned about you and ask for that help. And um, I know that it can sometimes feel like you need to take every vitamin under the sun when you're pregnant. What are the essential nutrients to take during pregnancy and why do we need them? The very baseline of a healthy uh, diet for pregnancy is a wide-ranging, good quality whole foods diet which has got substantial plant-based to it, so fruit and vegetables and, and good sources of nutrients like protein, iron, zinc, folate, Uh, vitamin D from the sun, ideally, and iodine. So those are not the only nutrients that you need. And fortunately for anyone out there planning a pregnancy and going through a pregnancy, the good quality pregnancy multivitamin and mineral supplements formulated it particularly for pregnancy. So they they do the job of selecting those nutrients for you. But that, that gives you a baseline. We talked about folate supplementation, which is just so very important, but your fundamental is a, a very healthy, nutritious whole food diet. If you've got any reasons why you can't eat a healthy diet, then it is worthwhile speaking to a dietitian and making sure that they do an assessment of your nutritional status of what foods you're eating. Obviously, if you've got morning sickness, it can be difficult to eat certain foods. And so you need to find workarounds so that you are getting all those nutrients. But having that pregnancy supplement with multivitamin and mineral is uh, is really important for some of those specific elements that are important for the baby's brain development. Well, Karen, you have given us a lot to think about for those wanting to conceive or those who are pregnant. And I should mention here that this is just one chapter of the book, folks. So there is more in Karen's book, How to Keep Your Brain Young, than just uh, developing a great brain and a great environment for your baby's brain. But Karen, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks, Yvonne. That's GP Professor Karen Phelps. Her book is called How to Keep Your Brain Young and you'll find links to where you can find the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.